When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. There's a charm about him and he's engaging. But then at times he just goes too far and does or says stuff where you go, dude, what are you saying? I mean, he's a big man who can shoot, but so are a lot of people now. He wasn't the first. He isn't the only. And so I'm going to say that people are not going to sit around saying Carl Anthony Towns changed the game. Therefore, I'm going with delusional because <laughs> Carl Anthony has that element, too. Again, there's charming yep. and there's delusional. And he can be both like in the locker room in a period of four minutes when you're talking to him. He said this to Pat Bev, speaking of delusional, so delusional. Mike Wilbon, I'm part of the interruption among the, I would say, the cavalry of national media guys and women just going at Carl Anthony Towns for some of those comments on the Pat Bev pod. This is a Statements Monday here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. And gentlemen, I think we should just start out with this one. The NBA chaotic offseason has commenced, and now we find out where the Wolves are at in terms of all the action. They were Reckless. they were front and center a year ago at this time. What is their appetite to join the chaotic fray? Bradley Beal traded, at least agreed upon, to the Suns over the weekend. Chris Paul, part of the package, going back to the Wizards. Uh, Draymond Green just declined his player option, so he becomes an unrestricted free agent. You got Damian Lillard, heat rumors out there. Happy, reckless speculation offseason, boy. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, so I think that the Wolves, I I got to think that they're at least going to have trade talks regarding Cat, right? I got to think that that's at least going to happen. I'm not saying a trade is going to I happen. It, it very well might yeah. not. Uh, the, they will not, in under any circumstances, I don't think that they would come close to making a trade that appeared to be a punt on Cat. But I've got to think we're at a point now where you have to entertain the idea of what could we get in return for an asset that might need to be moved, and as we've discussed, under more difficult circumstances a year from now. But it's it's delicate, though, because, you know, especially with his personality, I don't know how well he'll deal with. It's one thing when idiots like us are just, like, going to random websites and nbaanalysis.net has 14 more cat trade ideas. Sportsnot.com, whatever, right? But, like, if all of a sudden you get a Woj or a Shams coming out saying the Timberwolves have begun preliminary discussions with X team, like, 
if it doesn't come to fruition, this is where as a front office, you're trying to weigh what's the best thing to do in terms of constructing your roster now and with the second luxury tax apron looming in a year from now. But also, if a, if a rumor leaks out there and a trade doesn't happen, can you put the toothpaste back in the tube with a Carl Anthony Towns or a Rudy Gobert and run it back in a way? This is already a team that was punching each other, for God's sakes, at the end of the season, right? Like, can you then, can you add then, can you roll a grenade of trade rumors into the room and have everyone come back kumbaya? So it's a, it's a really complicated web to navigate if you're Tim Connolly right now. It feels like Cat is expecting it, though, because the only way to take part of the comment on the Pat Bev podcast last week when he tried to convolutedly say that the trade rumors are as true or false as Minnesota says yeah. is is to indicate he is accusing the Timberwolves of leaking stuff. Or did he mean like did he mean the Timberwolves or did he mean like Minnesota in general? I think thought he he, specifically. I thought he might have meant the team. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Um, here's my question: Even if he takes it personally, do I care at this point? He has subjected you to so much. If you're the Wolves, to so much garbage, right? To so much drama. If you shop him and and you find that you can't get a return that you consider to be suitable. Do you even care if he gets mad at this point? Because I feel like no matter what, he demands that you walk on eggshells around him. Yeah, And I don't know that I care anymore, to be honest. Yeah, but you can't. But I know that you you don't care. But, like, if if you're going to run this back, like, they need need to handle this delicately if they want to win games and run it back next year. But I would also challenge, what does running it back mean if you bring back your two Supermax players, and you bring back uh, your two 21-year-olds, which you're, I mean, you're going to, on new big contracts, it doesn't really leave room for like a Nas Reed. I know that there's some smart guys like Dane Moore does the sort of the capology of this all the time. But I think you're, I don't think you're really deciding whether you run it back or not. Because I think if you bring back the core figures that make the most money, I think you wind up losing your best bench player. And is that worth running it back without really running it back? You know, that's another discussion I'm sure they're having here. It's would they would they choose Nas Reed over Cat? Not that Nas Reed is a better, more talented player than Cat, but would he work better within the constructs of the salary cap and what you're trying to do with like a three year vision? Here's another interesting layer to this. A report came out over the weekend, and I I don't think it was from Shams here. Uh I think it was like a I think it was was it Chris B. Haynes, maybe? I wish I had this in front of me, but it was all over aggregation and stuff. That the Blazers and the Wizards are in discussions about a trade centered around Kristaps Porzingis and the number three pick with Portland. So the Wizards are finally in full sell mode. I right. mean, they just... Which they people are wondering, been. like, that's all Bradley Beal is worth in a trade? Well, he had a full no trade clause. Yeah, y- You wipe out the market and you wipe out the bidding war, so... So Beal gone, and then uh, Porzingis is going to be the next guy potentially traded. But the question there is, if the Blazers are willing to give up the number three pick for Porzingis, wouldn't then Cat be in the conversation too? Like, those guys are very similar players. They're probably not the number one or number two guy in a championship team. to Portland. Personally, Phil Mackey would show for him to Portland for that. I mean, a comfortable car ride. Yeah, but he'd come back with a third pick so he wouldn't give a damn. Yes. But, like, if, if that's how low they're willing to stoop for the third pick, Porzingis, 
then isn't Cat in the discussion too? Like that that's what my question would be. What is the value well, of the third pick? And you know? could could Dame still be traded to the Heat? Like that's been yes. floating around as well. So if you're going to do that, yes. you're you're not going to want Kristaps. I like that. This is where I'm no. confused about the direction, and we've talked about this for weeks now that the Blazers are going to elect. But Portland, that this is like, like Portland is now now that this Beal thing has the Beal thing could kind of operate on its own because he he was a, a unique case in that his value was going to be decided by him and the team that he went to. So he's kind of in a different bin. But now that that domino has fallen, the Heat were involved in the Beal trade. So the Heat are now pushing for Damian Lillard, according to multiple reports. The Blazers have to decide maybe in the next couple days here, do they want to push forward with the number three pick and whatever they can get for Dame? Or do they want to hang on to Dame? And then if if the Heat don't get Dame, like once that domino falls, where does Cat fall in the domino line of players who might be available? I would argue if Dame gets traded, the Cat discussions, are. I think they run it back. But if Dame stays, I think I think Portland continue to think Portland makes a lot of sense. So there's and all this is going to be just percolating for the next for sure the next three days up until the draft and then and then the week up until free agency starts in early July. Too. So so if, if you're going to trade Cat um, to the Blazers, you pretty much have to have the agreement. It can't be announced, but within the next three days, right? So that the Blazers are drafting on your behalf. Yeah, or you'd have to have like you'd have to have framework set up. Based on what happens with the number two pick, yeah. Because let's say you want you'll sure. do the trade if it's if if it's Scoot, oh, but you won't Scoot. do it for the Alabama kid uh, Brandon Miller, right? Yep. So you have to make sure that all of these things happen, and then uh-huh. oh, Blazers are on the clock. Scoot's available. Mm-hmm. Are we still good here? Now would be a heck of a time to uh, tap into the knowledge of our Portland Trailblazer insider Declan Goff. Yeah, my uh, my insider just returned to the office uh, today, so I will. Um... I will let him. I'll, I'll, right. I'll, I'll, let, I'll get some information here, as, as, which I'm sure is going to be a very busy 72 hours. I feel like the general him. manager should be in the office more often than that. I mean, uh, your source. Uh, uh, yeah, your source. yeah, yeah. Assistant to the regional manager, whatever it is, <laughs> you know. Reckless speculation. <laughs> so, uh, chaos has begun. We'll see if the wolves get involved in the fray here. Statement uh, from me. I want the U.S. Open and PGA Tournament played on the West Coast every year. I don't care about other courses. I don't care about the East Coast. I don't care about us here in the Midwest. That U.S. Open and the timing was was perfect. I haven't watched that much golf in forever. And you know why? Because you you go on the couch at about 5 o'clock, right? The leaders on Saturday and Sunday start to tee off. And it goes into prime time. It was great. Give me the Open and PGA, which are majors that go from course to course to course. Let's have them in Hawaii, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and let's keep them there. I love prime time golf. Hawaii would be great because you'd actually it would be like late night. They'd, yeah. they'd be finishing cool. up, after you know, dark. if they wanted to mm-hmm. after dark. Did you guys yeah. not love that though? It was great. I love. Yeah, I was making dinner and halfway through the turn. And it was awesome being on the couch till nine o'clock watching golf. I loved it. I'm also just it like, is great. One of my one of my statements was like, I'm just a sucker for the feel good golf story. Like just just watching Wyndham win that title, he gets really emotional. And then Ricky, Ricky. Fowler even said at the end, like I said, like if your mom was here, she'd be super proud. Like yep. how do you how do you? I know uh, uh, what's his name in Moneyball. Brad Pitt says, you know, how do you not get romantic about baseball? How do you not get romantic about golf? Like you see those great stories like that, it w- makes me well up. It was it was an incredible watching weekend. I loved it. 
I disagree strongly, and I'm gonna now that Declan gave his statement, I'll give my statement again here too. Since we're going down the golf train here, damn you, Wyndham Clark, you ruined a great Sunday for all of us golf fans. We had a chance for a Ricky Fowler comeback after basically two years outside the top 150 in the world golf rankings. I can't condone this. We had Rory McIlroy, who's been banging on the door for a fifth major for nine years. A putt better. Right, right there, right in front of him. Well, Rory putted better, he would have won it. All these incredible oh, golfers Scotty and Schiffer. stories. Yeah. And we get, we get, I mean, Wyndham Clark, it's great. You know, congratulations on making a few million dollars now and uh, Hold on a know, being a long shot. But what a buzzkill, man. I wanted Ricky Fowler, I wanted Ricky Fowler to complete the comeback. Wyndham Clark starts crying. His mother died of breast that, I, cancer when the, when the guy was in college. It's a great story. That's and terrible. you are saying that it wasn't, that, that your preference was. Fowler, Ricky. Who, it was a great uh, story, Ricky too. I, I'm, yes. I am hand win, in win, hand win, win, with win. the Ricky Fowler fan club with Phil Mackey. I love yeah. Ricky just as much as he does. He fell apart, though. Yeah, he and, and he Ricky kind of does that. Okay. I loved, I loved watching Glenn. It was awesome. The, the two putts he had to make to get there, he nails that first one just to get him the, basically the gimme to win it. I thought it was incredible. I loved okay, it. Okay, I'm going to ask you guys. No, Judd, did you have any rooting interest down the stretch? or Just yes or no. Don't even tell me who. Yes or no. Or were yeah. you just watching for the theater? No, I, I picked a golfer. Was that golfer Wyndham Clark? No, but I still felt good about it. Did you find yourself sometimes wishing that Wyndham Clark would double bogey the 16th hole so that the no. golfer you wanted to win? No, because Rory... Declan, at no point did you feel like, boy, I kind of hope he misses this Ricky putt. fell apart. So he comes back to the his pack fault. a little bit. No, that was Ricky, but Ricky fell apart. I gave up on Ricky at like R- seven. Rory... I, I, no, Ricky, didn't, Ricky, don't well, care Ricky fell apart. Rory didn't fall Rory apart. Didn't Rory fall just apart. couldn't make a putt. Yeah, I, and I don't care about him that much. And at that point, I was more rooting. Oh, can we get a little playoff between Rory and Wyndham? I was like, okay, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> but then once he made the first, I was like, okay, yeah, we're good. Knock this in. Let's get a little bit of a golf till here. eleven p.m. I, uh, I found myself, and I get it's a, it's a great. It's, this is well, terrible. It's a good story. It's a good story. Like he his his mom died. You whatever. My mom died. Your mom. All of our moms died. <laughs> it's, it is. It's sad. It is sad. Just said. But not college. I'm just saying, I found myself on the back nine, crossing my fingers, hoping that he would hook one out of bounds left to come back to the pack. That's terrible. And just, so that the golfers I was rooting for. And just to be clear, my mom died, but I was 40-something. This guy's mom died when he was young. in college. This guy's mom died when he was in college. I do not compare. It's sad. I'm not saying it's not sad. I'm saying I wanted I wanted other golfers to win. And I know that a lot of people, Just, a lot no of heart. people, are rooting for him to triple bogey. You have no heart. It's not so like that. <laughs> it's not like that blowhard guy that like tried to praise himself a few weeks Michael ago. Yeah, but, yeah. Him, I did. I'm not a fan. He didn't qualify for this one, did he? I don't think a t a, a T15 no. in the PGA. Didn't Still waiting for our inevitable Michael Block interview with the 3M Open here in a couple of weeks. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I think it's gonna happen. All right, I think we're back to Judd now. We just kind of sped through, sped through a few there. I don't know if you if you guys saw this, but my statement is this: William Carlson's speech at, oh, at the Vegas Golden Knights <laughs> celebration might have been, and this is saying something. It might have been the drunkest I've ever seen a human with a microphone, and and this has become the thing now. You know what? L- last week with Denver, Mike Malone was completely hammered. Uh, Joker yes. hammered when the Blues won the Cup. Hammered. 
Ovechkin doing keg stands on the, the Stanley Cup until the league actually had to come and say, you can't, don't, you're going to break the damn thing. But William Carlson's speech, oh. at which the at which I'm guessing it was a Golden Knights PR person or something, she is desperately trying to take the mic away and saying, you're done, you're done now, might have been the greatest, most drunken bit of debauchery I've ever seen at a parade. They did cut the mic at one point. They did. They cut the speakers, he, right? He recognized it, so he stopped talking until they put it back on, and then he kept going. It, it is it is glorious. He's got his shirt off. He's all lathered up. Were they sweating because it's summer in Vegas? Is that what was happening? They were all just like it was probably listening. Champ- or champagne and champagne. beer being poured on them because I- Eichel took his shirt off. William Carlson did the same, like a bunch of guys did. <laughs> but, I mean, we are, we've been trending for, what, the last five years or so, five, six years, to where more and more teams are just loaded. And this this might have been the crescendo of being so drunk you have no idea what you're saying. I think about the TV producers in those moments. Uh, because these are these are televised live on, like, local TV in Vegas and in Denver for their parade. The dump button. What do you do? I guess you just carry it and you just hit the dump well, button. If it's on delay, times. yeah. If it's on delay, yeah. you just keep dumping them. <laughs> I would guess. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty epic, man. Maybe right. someday. Maybe someday. The wild. Yeah, we have no get, idea what get, that's like. Get drunk on live local TV on a, a championship parade. All right, Dex. All right, my next statement. I'm actually going to go back uh, to this Tim Connolly well and NBA draft well, and my statement is: Don't sleep on Tim Connolly finding a late round sleeper. Let me give you a little bit of a track record here, what Tim Connolly has done in the second round of the NBA draft. So we got uh, Jokic, obviously, with the 41st pick. Crown jewel there, couple-time MVP. Mm-hmm. He's also found some pretty solid players in the back end of the draft. He found Monty Morris. He found Jared Vanderbilt. He found uh, Vlatko Cancer. He found Bull Bull. He has actually found some pretty solid players towards the end of the draft. The Wolves are picking at 53 I wouldn't rule out that the Wolves maybe not, don't aren't able to find a solid player at pick 53. I'm curious to see what Tim Conley wants to do there. I don't know if there's a trade-up. Don't they have a they have a surplus of second-round picks, too, or something? So they could maybe even move up. But don't sleep on the fact that just because the Wolves don't have a first-round pick, they can't find a contributor in the second round. I feel like people have a really hard time listening to Tim Connolly optimism or praise. Because everything you said is valid, right? There should be some hope. I mean, hell, he identified Walker Kessler, too. I think they made that pick for themselves, and then the Jazz trade came to fruition. I don't think they made that pick on behalf of the Jazz, but you know, he does have a knack for finding hidden gems here and there. But it just kind of feels like the overwhelming sentiment from Wolves fans that I hear from is just kind of a big collective eye roll when it comes to Tim Connolly until they do something... Drastic, but then again, like if he makes a trade, if they trade Gobert, it's going to be another eye roll because it'll be like, oh, now you're bailing on the guy that you traded for last year. And if you trade Cat, it's going to be, oh, now you're just, now you're just like reacting to the bad trade you made last year, and now you're forced into a corner. So I, I don't know what they almost just have to have a huge season, whatever they look like, before people start to buy back into Tim Conley. Is that how you guys kind of feel too? Yeah, that's probably fair. Yep. Yep. And and I think that the that the pessimism from a Tim Conley Wolves executive standpoint is probably fair, but I also think that there is something to, to be said of like what Dex just said, which is he also could 
uh, potentially pull himself up by the bootstraps and do a couple of good things. And at that point, the Gobert thing is still a big deal, but not because right right now it's the signature only real move, right? Like there's not a lot of of things that Conley's done besides that. So, but I get it when you mortgage that much and disappoint. That's going to be a big old strike against you. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult hole to to dig out from the per, the perception hole here. Yes. Even though the Delo trade he made midseason for Conley and the other assets was a fantastic trade. Like if that had been his first trade, let's say he doesn't really Oof. do anything, and that's the first trade offloading Delo. I think we'd feel really good about wow, this guy built that team that just won the championship, and he made a big splash trade, and he was right about it in the middle of the season. He just has. A lot of catching up to do here. Uh, next statement here: Finch Home Solutions is great. That's, that's my, my statement. statement. That, oh, sorry. that's mine too. I stole it from you because my friends at Finch Home Solutions they are going to do right by you when it comes to any electrical work that you need done inside or outside of your house, no matter how big or small. Guess what? Finch can fix it. Uh, outdoor lighting projects, car chargers. Yep, Finch can fix that. Flickering lights, data outlets inside. Yep. Finch can fix that. In fact, they came to my home a few months ago and uh, fixed a light in my basement room and did a fantastic job. They were three very important things. They were courteous. They were quick and thorough. The work got done and the fixes were made. And I want you now to try Finch because you do not want to DIY issues like this. You want to get the experts, and Cody and his team certainly are. Again, big or small, FinchHomeSolutions.com, 612-357-2604, FinchHomeSolutions.com. And, of course, tell them that the crew from uh, Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd sent you, or Purple Daily, because that always helps us. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Uh, speaking of uh, Purple Daily, real quick here, my next statement. As excited as I was when the date came out, uh, July 12th last week, my statement is I am so excited for this Netflix quarterback documentary. Just seeing like one trailer and all the different things that Netflix has hit a home run with, with like the golf behind the scenes, the F1. They did a tennis one too that I have not watched yet, but. I am, it, it, and we talked about the Kirk Cousins angle, but I'm just really excited to see what they do with like Patrick Mahomes and even Marcus Mariota. What is the level of access that we get with these guys? Mm-hmm. And even like, f- furthermore, I just feel like from a content standpoint, there's like 52 different shows that I want to catch up on or watch. Like we're three seasons into Succession right now. Yep. Maybe this is a statement within a statement. I'm super excited for quarterback to be produced and released by Netflix and the NFL. I also think that there's more amazing content out there than at any point in our lives. Sports, non-sports, whatever it may be, movies, 10-part series. Uh, You could pretty much just sit there for 20 hours a day and watch amazing content right now. HBO is like one of my favorite dang things, and there was a great run there on Sundays with Succession and Barry, too. I don't know if you've watched Barry Phil with Bill Hader. That's also pretty dang good. 
I will say I, I gave The Idol a chance. I gave 35 minutes in the new series The Idol, which is this new, very, like, adult-heavy content, I guess is probably the best way I can say that, uh, featuring The Weeknd. It was horrible. I usually will give a show the full first episode of The Benefit of the Doubt before I make my conclusion. I made it 28 minutes before I was just like, I can't do this. This is just painfully bad acting. It, I don't really get the premise. Uh, but I'm ready for a good summer show. Like, I'm ready. A- after Succession, I, I'm, like, now left on Sundays. I had the U.S. Open yesterday. But I had this void on Sunday night programming, which I love. And I want something to fill that void. I'm hoping it's quarterback, two or something else as well. Well, did you also see that? So this Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy indoor golf thing that was kind of a a theory a couple of years ago that this is going to get green lit for national TV I think in the winter time it's like it's going to be I think after football season like a Monday night indoor golf league with some of the top golfers in the world talking trash hitting into simulators and I don't know how they're going to make it work from a visual standpoint because like if you just captured people hitting golf balls into simulators I don't know that's captivating but. Even stuff like that. We're just like inventing new sports and putting them on TV. Who's going to show incredible. this? What what network or what? Uh... I think I think NBC. I'm pretty sure. Okay. You're out on all things that aren't hockey network, right, Judd? I'm probably out on this. I'm probably out on this. There are, there are some shows I like, but I can't get pulled in by a ton because I don't have enough time. I'm trying to, I'm trying to watch sports. I'm trying to watch, you know, I got stuff to do. There's a lot of good shows, though. I do agree with that. The art. What sports do you have to watch this summer? Yeah, watching. Well, I mean, heck, on Saturday and Sunday, I watched a ton of golf. Uh, I watched some baseball. Baseball games are on constantly. I try what, and what, uh, what baseball games do you have to watch that aren't like? Well, I don't have some to watch TV games. shows though either. I mean, I don't have to watch anything. I can go in my. I can go outside. I can take the dog for a walk. I don't need to be watching stuff constantly. Dawn watches a lot of shows. But it sounds like you're more interested in, like, a random baseball game, non-twins, than you are, like, Succession or something. Um, That's kind of where, where you're at. With yeah, your I'll TV probably watching. binge that at some point in time, though. I do like oh, the binge so factor now. And I also like, like the fact that we don't try and stretch shows out for seven seasons. Yeah. I love the fact that there is a yes. begin and end, and that's the plan. Yep. So they're not trying to invent, you know... They're not trying to invent storylines that they shouldn't, which they always used to do because that's what the networks wanted. I think that's a huge reason why most of the HBO and Netflix and Hulu and Peacock series and Amazon Prime or whatever are better than what you see on the networks because the networks usually order like 24 episodes in a season and then they'll stretch the seasons as long as they can. Yeah. And it's like you're just there's no way you're throwing fastballs for that much content. When's Curb coming back? When's Curb back? They've been Declan? teasing it. So, like, they're in uh, the idol, like, when they, you know, do the preview thing of what's coming on Max. And by the way, it's not HBO anymore. It's just Max, uh, which is also super annoying. I think they said this summer. They didn't give a hard date. They just right. said coming this summer. So, and this is it again? Now, now is this the last year? I don't know if it's the last season or not. It's always okay. up to Larry. It's up to him if he wants to continue doing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Come on, Larry. Larry. I love Let's make Larry. it happen. Larry's the greatest. Yeah. All right. Any other final statements from you guys? Mm-mm. By the way, uh, breaking news, Nas Reed in the Wolves facility today, according to Dane Moore. So there, I think there's media availability, like pre-draft media oh, okay. or something today. I think they're going to work out, too. I think they're hosting um, uh, draft draftees at the facility. Yeah, there's a couple, like, uh, former, like, what's his name? Gabe Kalsher is going to work out oh. there today. <laughs> Iowa State, former gopher. Yeah, good old Gabe Kalsher. Yeah, Nas, I, I saw a 
Chris Hine of the Star Tribune talked to him last week via Zoom, and he was talking about how tight he, he had gotten now with Ant and was it Jaden McDaniels? And then Jaden talked about how he's like found th- this new meditation app so that'll stop punching walls. I'm not oh, kidding. Oh, really? So he found like headspace.com yes. or something? And now he's- yeah, like an assistant coach was like, you should try this. And he's like, it's great, yeah. So I won't you punch walls med- anymore. You should meditate and stop being so mad. <laughs> hey, if it works, it works. Whatever, whatever works. Exactly. Stop whatever stop keeps you in, keeps you on the court and not uh, in the training room. Yes. Uh, all right. That's a wrap here on a, an abbreviated statements here. Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Jed. You can find our State of the Twins weekly, uh, I guess, in this case, rant session. And then Kirk Cousins Week began mm-hmm. this week or I guess began today on Purple Daily, so be sure to check that out as well. Thank you, guys.